All right, listeners to the Old Man's Podcast, we've got Ryan with us again. You remember Ryan, a millennial that we talked about movies with a couple episodes back. So here's Ryan in his 20s. Here's me in my 60s, both sharing our experiences uh, with the central theme being films, movies, and how that has um, affected our lives. Mine longer than his, but his uh, just as every bit is important and is interesting. And I thought you saw a lot of similarities between how movies and the people in my life are um, entwined and, and the same with um, with Ryan's life, how family members that are really important to him and, and the connection to film. So, Ryan, did I sum that up pretty good or not? Yeah, I think so, Rock. Uh, thanks for having me on the first time. I'm excited to be on again. Uh, it was uh, it was fun, and I enjoyed talking movies movies with you. Yeah, I want to um, I want to talk a little historical um, context first for movies, and and I know that you're you are a bang up history teacher. I mean, your reputation as a high school history teacher is top notch. Kids love you, so I know you're into history. And I know you're in the movies. I did a real little research. I did some show prep, and I wanted to talk real quickly about the history of film and see if that's anything that you find interesting. Do you, are you okay with that? Yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds like a blast. Uh, inter- intertwining two of my favorite subjects, history and cinema, uh, <laughs> sounds exactly like something I'd love to talk about. Here, 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 here's what I got for you. So it's generally recognized that the beginning of movies dates to 1895. In France, of course, we're very creative culture during the last half of that last century. An entertainment consortium, they're called the Lumiere Brothers. And they started uh, figuring out how to produce moving pictures. Now, keep in mind before that, the only way to get moving pictures was to be able to take a series of stills and painstakingly take, you know, the person would be walking like a fraction of an inch each step. And you take a series of pictures, put them um, front to back and flip through them. You can picture that, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I can picture that. Okay, so n- there was no moving picture film. There were just film that you could take a single shot with. So if you wanted to make it, look like moving pictures you had to trick everybody into doing a series right so that's that's where we're at there so that was the first thing that needed to be developed was film for taking moving pictures and the lumiere brothers in france in 1895 figured out how to do that so during the the 1890s particularly the mid 1890s that's being developed along with cameras that can take this film and run it reel to reel internally and take a series of pictures Um, since you can't just take one picture, right? That's not a movie. You have to have multiple pictures in a row on, on on this film 
in the special camera. And then the final step was you had to have a projector that could show the moving pictures on a white screen or a wall or whatever. So those three things had to be developed. The film, the camera that used the film, and the projector that showed the developed film. And this is what was taking place through the 1890s. Now, you're probably familiar with the a name of a famous U.S. inventor that was inventing stuff like the light bulb at this time, and that's Thomas Edison. Edison saw this as, uh, uh, this was something he definitely wanted to get into. He, he saw a lot of promise in moving pictures. Now, Edison, if you, if you, I listened to a podcast on the History Channel, and it's super interesting, and they, uh, it, the one one show on the History Channel I liked the most is called Unintended Consequences, and they did a episode on this, um, which I'm going to give you a little bit of information about that. But it's it's super interesting. History Channel's Unintended Consequences. If you're looking for a podcast to get your interest, I'd recommend that. And uh, it's the episodes are less than 30 minutes long, so it's not a big commit time wise. I'm going to shut up now. If you would like to interject any comments. I so uh, I love what you had to bring. Thank you. <laughs> that's okay. very interesting. Uh, I've heard about the Lumieres before. Um, you know what's crazy to me is the research I did. One of the first films that the Lumieres put together was literally less than a minute long. Yeah, I, isn't that? I mean, think of the movies today that can go three and a half hours, and to think something would less than a minute long would be considered a movie is is so cool to uh, it's just cool to me uh, the difference between almost a hundred years. Yeah, let me let me let me tell you some more about that because that that got my interest too. So most of the moving pictures, or they weren't even called films yet. Most of these moving pictures, as were as you said, only a few minutes long. During the late 1890s, technology evolved to to get these cameras, projectors, and film that were going to be needed. And Edison jumped all over this and what he did here in the united states was he unified the motion picture production industry and obviously what he wanted to control was profits so he made he didn't he didn't have anything to do personally with inventing the light bulb he didn't do that he didn't make a telephone he didn't make the moving projector but his company did and he was an entrepreneurial genius more than he was an inventor. Interesting dude if you ever get to do any reading on him. So he wanted tight control and restrictions. And what what and he did that for a while. And um, the movie industry was centered in on the East Coast in New Jersey mostly is where the production studios were. But because he 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 controlled this industry and independent filmmakers were not outlawed, but it was hard. It was hard to get going. So independent filmmakers, people who were interested in doing this stuff, packed up, got as far away from him as they could so that they would be unharassed. I mean, he had lawyers, he had teams of lawyers that were suing everybody for everything because he wanted to control the industry. So they move out to California as far away as they can get. And it turns out California is a great place to, to make a movie. The, the light is great. The weather is great. It, it, they were forced to go out there to make their films, and that worked out great for them. Huh. So, isn't that funny? 
Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So at this time, the early 1900, what you call movie houses pop up all over the country. Now, these are silent films, of course, and, and they became a thing. So like you said, just a couple of minutes long, but you'd watch th- two or three multiple sh- uh, multiple different films moving picture shows because each one was only a few minutes long but they would have sometimes an an, uh, an orchestra an entire orchestra in the movie theater the movie house or at least a piano and, and that was part of the show so it was kind of a hybrid between wow. what you saw on the screen right and what else was going on in the movie house they may have a narrator or a person up on the stage with the signs that would tell you what was going on because there was no words with the film isn't that crazy that's awesome. Um, have you, so, uh, I'm sorry to. It's not really going off topic, but have you ever seen a movie today uh, at the St. Louis Symphony? Have you ever, have you done that? Uh, a Christmas one, yeah. We went and saw. Um, oh God, it was. What was it? It wasn't Scrooge, but but it was. You're right. They put the orchestra played. The soundtrack. Oh, so yep. I saw Star Wars. I saw Star oh, Wars. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a cool one. Yeah, it was. Now, they didn't show the whole movie, but they showed um, excerpts of the movie up there while the orchestra played the music. It was phenomenal. Yeah, they did uh, They did Harry Potter. That's the one I went to. It was really cool. That would be right up your wheelhouse. Wouldn't <laughs> <Yeah. it? laughs> uh, hey, there's a difference uh, between the old man and, and the young guy. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars and Harry Potter. But yes, yeah, sorry. I don't mean to distract you from this no, no, awesome no. history lesson. Okay, well, I'm still going. <laughs> so Good, keep going. Right, so like you said, films were generally short, only a few minutes long. The first actually recognized uh, successful film now they're starting to call them films because they last a little bit longer than moving pictures did the first recognized u.s successful production was the great train robbery it was 12 minutes long and what's interesting to me about that the first recognized successful u.s production was an action thriller and what is our national genre now action thrillers <laughs> that's awesome that's so we started that way yeah uh, and we're, we're continuing it today yeah so techniques and technology continued to advance by 1905 films were being produced that could be as long as get this 60 minutes <laughs> now i want you to think back to a favorite movie of yours we talked about um not too long ago quentin tarantino's inglorious bastards yes I'm like, I didn't say that right. Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> there you go. Okay, now I got it right. Um, do you remember the part, how critical it was for her in the movie house doing the, the switch, the real switch? Like she had two projectors. Do you remember that part? Yes, I do. Yes. Okay. And, and that's a true thing. So if you're going to show a movie... And, and they would do this. They, you know, a movie would be 90 minutes long. Half of it, 45 minutes, would be on one reel, but you couldn't get on a 16-millimeter projector longer than about an hour. So you'd do 45 minutes on one reel and 45 minutes on the other. The projectionist, and this was a skill, when camera A got to the end of that reel, camera B, they had to start it right at the time. They had bells connected to it all. Do you remember all that in the Tarantino movie? Yes, I, yes, I appreciate that those scenes for sure. So, so you understood what was going on with that, how critical that was at the time. Yeah, I mean, it, it's yeah, it, it, 
I didn't look at it as a moment in history, um, which now looking back at it, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, to keep the movie rolling so there's no pause in between, you got to move pretty fast. Yeah, I mean, think about that's going on in movie houses across the globe time and time and time again and if that guy falls asleep or something goes wrong then the whole the whole experience is screwed up for everybody crazy wow well i i have a question yeah um the great train robbery so that was in the united states did it ever make it to like french cinema or anything like that or did it stay primarily in the u.s i you know that's a great question and now I'm going to research it because I want to know mm-hmm. the answer to that. You know, when if it wasn't, if it's the case that the Great Train Robbery was just an American film and didn't make it globally, when did that actually start happening? Whose films went international, you know? Yeah, that's what that's what I'm wondering. Um, I mean, yeah, because like that that French movie, The Trip to the Moon, which we briefly mentioned the last time we talked. I mean... Like I, I wonder if that was just primarily shown in France, or if it made its its rounds as well. Is um, that the is that the one with the spaceship? Is that the one with yeah, the spaceship it, in the moon's eye? Yep. Okay. Yep. That was global. That that's that was global. That was global. Yeah, I saw some pictures of that on the internet when I was doing my research. So that was in 1902. And the Great Train Robbery was 1903. So, if that was global, then I'm assuming the Great Train Robbery, if it was good enough, made its rounds. Yeah, you would expect the rest of the planet would want to know what would be interested in the Old West, the Wild Wild West. You know. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. Well, the you know the sound talkies didn't come in until the 20s. So in mm-hmm. the mid 1920s, the talkies start being developed, and by the 30s, we were. Um, watching colored films colored films were available in the 30s although black and white runs all the way through the second world war even into the 60s it became kind of a uh, an art form to do a black and white film i can remember seeing one in the 70s that was made black and white on purpose just for that um have you heard the story about the wizard of oz uh i uh, I know, not specifically. Okay, no, okay. So, so I don't know if this is urban legend, but the, the story is they started the movie whenever they started. This is in the 30s, of course, The Wizard of Oz. They started it whenever they started it, and then there was some kind of development and technology that made color film, taking pictures of, with color film easier or, or more uh, less expensive. So they they decided they'd already started filming the beginning of The Wizard of Oz in black and white. Once they got to Oz and it was the land of Oz and it was, you know, dreamy and all that, they said, then we'll start using the color film. So they did the parts on, on before Oz in black and white and then the dreamy part of Oz they did in color. And, and the urban legend, as I know it, is that they did that because during the production of that film, shooting film shooting movies in color became easier you never heard that before no i just always assumed it was you know boring little arkansas and then you go to this wonderful (laughs) wizard of oz yeah (laughs) so that's why it changed colors no that's cool i I, yeah i may be giving out bad information i hope a listener will correct me on that (laughs) because if you did your research i'm sure you're fine i'm just i'm ignorant to it i don't know 
uh, the history behind it, really. Well, your parents weren't even born yet, so how how would you? Yeah. <laughs> now, 3D, 3D movies became possible in the 50s, and they were huge in the 50s. They did science fiction movies in the 50s. The Three Stooges did all kinds of short films in 3D in the, in the 50s, and they kind of took a – they got a rebirth in the 70s. So I remember when I was in high school, uh, me and my buddies would go to the High Point Theater and watch Three Stooges and, like, Creature from the Black Lagoon and stuff like that in 3D. And it was hilarious. We loved it. <laughs> Did they have the uh, the plastic little 3D glasses with the, the blue and the red lenses? It's very similar. Then they were uh, cardboard cutout kind of things. They weren't, you know, as, as good as they are now. And the cardboard cutouts with, with the same lenses, you'd wear them. And there you had it. You, had, you were in three-dimensional. So... Did you did you go see like Disney movies in 3D or I don't did you be- just- Yeah, I don't believe they had Disney movies. I remember Three Stooges was was all and but other science fiction. I remember specifically the creature from the Black Lagoon so he's coming out of the swamp and moving at you in 3D. It was it's supposed to be scary. You're laughing. So was it funny when it would come out of the water like that? <laughs> well, yeah. The whole them. Have you ever seen the creature from the Black Lagoon? No, I have not. Okay, you would laugh too. <laughs> oh my gosh! Dude, I'm trying to. Oh, I just, I just looked at. I just googled it. Creature from the Wow. That's something. Yeah, it it was not scary. So, during, <laughs> dur- now, uh, we were going to see the Three Stooges, like, the High Point had them all the time. So, we would go see them. Sometimes they were black and white, or sometimes they were 3D, sometimes they weren't, but they were they were shorts. So, what what I found, find interesting, and I know you can't relate to this, and I barely can. I can only relate to it from listening to my grandma, my, my parent, my dad, maybe talking about it. But the interaction of, of what they called shorts and newsreels into really the fabric of our, of our society, people went to the movies. A lot of times on weekends, you know, like the Saturday after matinee and, and that stuff through the 30s and 50s, not just for entertainment, but to get information because the theaters were running things called newsreels. And this is the only opportunity a person would have to see what was happening. So like you heard Oh, the humanity of the Hindenburg, the guy on the radio and all that. But when mm-hmm. you went to the theater on Saturday afternoon, you could see the news reels. You could actually see the Hindenburg going up in flames. During the Depression, you could hear on the radio President um, Roosevelt talking about everything that was going on. But when you went to the theater to see the movies, you would see the bread lines and all the, you know, all the despair and all that of what the depression was. And, and of course, the Second World War, the only opportunity anybody ever had to see. I think they're stuck in your beard again. No, um, it's my it was my dog. Sorry. <laughs> so so during World War II, the only opportunity anybody had to see any footage from World War II, Normandy, whatever, North Africa, everything, were the weekly newsreels, and people would rush to the theater. They're going to see a movie, but they'd get to see the newsreels too. So going back in time you'll find yes movies were there for entertainment but it was also the only way or the best way the most effective way people were getting their information too we don't have that anymore do we no i uh that's really really cool 
I mean, you could find news at the with your fingertips right now on Twitter if you wanted to, right? Oh, but yeah. that, that's so cool. That's so interesting, especially like getting World War II updates or like hearing FDR's uh, radio addresses to the nation during the Great Depression. I mean, that that'd be something. Yeah, and and you had no medium for which to visually see the news other than your probably weekly trip to the theater. You know, I remember my grandma talking about another reason why they always went to the theater, the movies, was air conditioning. So once air (laughs) conditioning, yeah, yeah. Once air conditioning got invented, now these are small town people, right? So they, they didn't live in the city. But once air conditioning got invented, theaters had to have it because there's no windows and you're asking people to come sit inside during the summer to watch a movie. They're going to be roasting, right? Yeah. So, so they so theaters were the first in, in a lot of small towns, the only place in town, maybe the courthouse, but they had air conditioning. So they did that out of necessity, but they quickly figured out it was a marketing tool. So if you if you ever see any um, old movies on TV and, and they show a, a movie theater in the background or whatever, you'll see always advertised under the marquee is air conditioning. Because that's how they were trying to get people in there. And concessions weren't part of the theater experience right away. But once they got air conditioning and people were coming in, they're like, hey, why don't we sell some soda? Why don't we sell some popcorn? Why don't we sell some candy? And and that whole that whole um, marketing idea and, and all that just kind of organically came about. And to what you and I know of is the, the theater experience. Think how much that's changed over the last hundred years. That's that's insane. So even to think about the air conditioning now, like my wife will bring a blanket to the movie theaters because it's too cold. <laughs> I mean, that, the experience has just evolved and it's just like everything else. You're flipping through your phone right now. I know you are to, to see what's going on. And, and so I guess I, I would in conclusion, I would say, you know, TV became mainstream in the 50s. The technology mm-hmm. was earlier, but people couldn't afford TV. So in the 50s, it became mainstream. Now you got the you know, streaming movies on the internet. Movies are, are entertainment. Movies are entertainment first and everything else second. I mean, we are all about the entertainment and kind of the, um, the feel good thing about movies. And I guess that's how I would close it out. That's how things have changed. Yeah, absolutely. That was wonderful. Thank you for giving me that little history lesson. Uh, it went, you know, I, I knew some of it, but not all of it. <laughs> you you definitely did your research. Good job. Well, you're a. I lived a lot of it. Or people <laughs> that I people. You know, we talked about the relationships of, of people, of relationships we have with people, and going to movies and stuff. And my grandma was. Well, I had an aunt. My grandma's sister was a um, a dancer in the. Um, burlesque show dancer so theater and entertainment was kind of a big part of that family and my grandma really liked to talk about going to the movies and and the entertainment industry in general i I think she wasn't she thought it very um thrilling and she liked to tell us stories about it that's awesome well in fact her dad was a circus entertainer he jumped out of balloons this is in the late 1800s he jumped out of balloons with a parachute and like thrilled the audiences until one day his parachute didn't open. And that was the end of his act. He was done. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's all true. Oh, wow. Crazy, right? 
that's terrible. <laughs> it is. I'm sorry. I wasn't there. I didn't know him. <laughs> Still. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, it makes a great story. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> um, before we close out, though, so you know how you mentioned people would go to the movies to get to check on the newsreels and stuff mm-hmm. like that? So in recent history, have you, you know, like Adam Sandler? And have you ever seen his movie, The Water Boy? Yeah, I got the soundtrack. Yeah, Bobby Boucher. Yeah, we talked about it last time. So, you know, people only went to go see The Water Boy in movie theaters because the new Star Wars movie trailer was out and it was, could only be seen during The Water Boy trailers. I had no idea. So, so The Water Boy killed it in the box office because people would literally buy a ticket go see the new Star Wars Phantom of the Menace trailer, and then they would leave. They would not even watch a movie. Nope. <laughs> so there was, there's reports of people just, like, a full theater, they would clap when the Star Wars trailer would come on, and then a minute and a half later, they'd be gone. What was that? Like, t- what year was that? Uh, I think Rocky. 97. My God. 98. 98. Well, that, that's essentially a newsreel. I mean, you're not... Essentially, yes. I miss the movies, and I miss them more than you, because you don't miss them like you did a week ago, do you? (laughs) No, that was... My experience last week was amazing. Tell us about it. Okay. Um, So, my... One of my best friends, Scott, uh, he texted me and my buddies, and he said, hey, I'm going to rent out a movie theater just for us. It cost a hundred bucks and we're going to watch Jurassic Park in, on the big screen. So growing up, you know, I was born in 1992. So I didn't get this. I've never gotten to see Jurassic Park in the movie theaters like most people. So this was like, I, I was, I was, you know, fulfilling dreams this night. So me and literally four other of my friends had an entire movie theater to ourselves uh, we got popcorn, we got soda, we were socially distanced, we had our mask on the whole time, and we got to watch Jurassic Park in the theater by ourselves, and it was amazing. It was it was honestly one of the best movie-going experiences I've ever had in my entire life. So you were a child when it first came out, and you're right, you've only seen it on TV, haven't you? I've only seen it on TV. It's one of my probably top five favorite movies of all time. But hearing like the T-Rex roar with the theater surround sound system, and, like it was, it was kind of scary. <laughs> like for the first time, I was like, "Whoa, this is intense!" Like my seat started to rumble. It was, it was awesome. What year was that that it came out? You said ninety-two. That's when I was born. I think it came out oh. a, a year or two later. Um, but I mean, it was a great experience. If you miss the movie theaters. I mean, they the AMC theaters has like, I think it's like twelve different options a week. If you and your family are afraid to to go out because of COVID nineteen, like I am, I'm, I was a nervous Nelly, but I got to go with four of my buddies. Uh, I got to I sat a row in front of them, uh, but we really enjoyed ourselves. I mean, we had the whole theater to ourselves. We could kind of talk. We'd already seen the movie before, uh, so we could like be on our phones we could laugh with one another i mean it was such a great experience i actually plan on uh in the next couple of months here renting out a theater just for me and my wife because she misses going to the movies Uh, and we're going to get a babysitter for my son lewis 
uh, and we're going to go to the movies for a hundred bucks. I think it's worth it. Do you know what movie you're going to see? Uh, it just depends on the week. They switch it up. Uh, but that movie Tenet's out, and I really want to see that in movie theaters. That's a that's a first run. I mean, you're not, that's not Jurassic Park. That's now. That's a current movie. Yeah, and and I've been told that's one of those movies you have to see in, in the cinema. So uh, I think we're gonna do it. I think sometime on December when we're on Christmas break, I'm gonna we're gonna do it. Uh, good for you. Good for you, Rocky. You should do it. I'm t- uh, you and your family should go one night, even if you're watching Toy Story, whatever it is. It, it's worth every penny. I yeah. Be, can you ask the theater to show you a specific movie, or do you have to choose from a la carte menu or something? Uh, it's from an a la carte menu. Okay. And they do switch it every week. Um, like I just, I just checked and, and there are new movies up there, like new movies that are just being released. Um, but I think they're desperate to make a little bit of money and it seems to be a good way to make a quick hundred bucks. Well, I hope you keep them afloat until we get past this nonsense. That's for sure. I know. Me too. Me too. So, so Jurassic Park, absolute rock solid go down in history that's a blockbuster and you didn't get to see it when it first came out i'm so thrilled so happy for you you got the got a do-over because we don't often get those opportunities but you did um what what is your earliest memory of what you would call a blockbuster film that you can remember seeing um i would have to say one of the first blockbuster films i saw was batman versus robin It was terrible, Um, but I remember coming home from Florida with my family, and we got to go see it together. Um, I don't even—I think that was like 1999. Uh, And then one of the one of the other big blockbusters was the first Spider-Man in 2002. That was the first time I showed up to the movie theaters where the whole the whole stadium was packed. Literally, there wasn't there wasn't an open seat in the house. And I remember thinking, like, oh, this is this is something special. This is a spectacle. Like, there's 300 people in this movie theater. This is something. Um, and that that was something I absolutely loved. And then anytime there was like a a big blockbuster and McDonald's sold their Happy Meal toys, like me and my family would always go and get the Happy Meals, and I would always beg my parents to see those movies. You know. Um... I'm listening to you talk about this, and and these are definitely blockbusters, but they're all kind of comic book blockbusters, right? Yeah, I'm a sucker for the comic book movies. Well, don't apologize. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, can Can you get off script and say, I remember this great movie, X, that had nothing to do with comic books? Or is, is that what's taken over your generation of, of, of movie watchers? Is it comic books? I, I mean, it's hard to argue against that. Um, I, uh, the, the biggest blockbusters right now are all the big comic book movies. I, I, can you think of a different one? You know, at I, least right now. I had no idea I was going to go this route with you because it never occurred to me until I listened to you say that. But yeah, I think in the last 20 years, well, yeah, anything new anyway, it's been a comic book movie. Right, I mean, even like like Transformers. That was a that was a big blockbuster, and and like the two thousand nine time. That was a toy. Uh, it's not a, a toy. Com- yeah, I, I mean, 
I'm I'm just trying to think. Uh, yeah. Are we are we lacking creativity? Are we lacking? Um, um, where's the imagination? Like Star Wars, that's just out of nothing. That's that's Lucas pulled that out of outer space. I mean, literally, he just invented that. Comic books, movies, that's a recreation of what somebody already did. Well, that's what my generation's all about is taking old amazing movies and ruining them today right <laughs> um there's there's not much creativity behind um many of the blockbusters you see but has there ever been really creativity behind blockbusters aren't they supposed to please the masses that's why they're blockbuster movies i don't know i'm thinking of jaws and again star wars uh jaws is on a book um yeah, but you guys are so creative. I mean, look what you've done with the internet and social media and just the the, the technological uh, changes that our society's seen that you guys have brought into place are very creative. But your entertainment, I mean, I never thought about this until 10 minutes ago when you brought this up. Entertainment-wise, uh, you guys are so-so. Rocky, all I can think about right now, like I'm thinking of blockbusters. The next one that just came into my mind was The Dark Knight. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I mean, I'll go I, see it. I'll enjoy it. I, I'm doing my absolute best to think of something that stands out that's not comic book related. And it's kind of hard. I mean, Titanic, but I don't even count that. I was five years old when that came out. Yeah, that was huge. Um, that was huge. That was good. That was really a good movie. That was a good. I, yeah, I think it still is a good movie. It's a great movie. You've never seen that on a big screen, then? No, no, I've not. Well, I you... remember watching uh, the VHS with my parents, and they uh, they skipped through the uh, steam card window scene. Yeah, now now you <laughs> rewind and go back over it a couple times. Um, that might be the one you want to get with your when you and your wife run out the theater. I don't know if it's going to be a, <laughs> an option, but that might. That that you got to see that on the big screen. I don't know how you pull that off. That is a that's a big screen movie. Yeah, I don't either. That that sounds like a good idea though. And uh, some blockbusters that or some blockbusters that again once came into my mind: Harry Potter's, Lord of the Rings. But once again, those are books, not creative. <laughs> you know what though? I'll, I'll take that because that's. I don't know. It, there's nothing wrong with making a movie based on a book. I mean, the, the author of the book, that person was the creative genius behind the whole concept. The 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 person that makes the movie or the the studio that makes the movie is taking it another extension. But it seems like comic books. It's it's just so easy. It's not it's not as creative as using a book. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. I agree. Never thought about that before. Topic. Yeah, I didn't know we were. <laughs> didn't know. Didn't know we were going to go that way. So, big screen films. Uh, you think about it for a second. I'll talk for a little bit. Big screen film, like films, you got to see on the big screen. You mentioned um, Titanic. That made me think. Titanic is one you should see on big screen. Dances with Wolves. I don't know if you liked it. If you like the genre, it's western. But my God, you got to see that on a big screen. It is phenomenal. Yeah, I've, I've never seen it on a big screen. I've seen it. Uh, I was actually one of the first Blu-rays I purchased when Blu-ray uh, players came out. 
Um, and I watched it during college. That was the first time I saw it. It was a really good movie. Yeah, you would have um, seen good color and nice clarity on your Blu-ray, but you still don't get the size, man. The size is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we talked about this last time. All movies are made for the the cinema. Yeah, but you could go without seeing the Water Boy on the big screen. Yep, right. There's there are some that are just meant for it. I'm glad I saw Dunkirk, and I'm glad I saw 1917 on the big screen because I thought it was a great a much better experience having now seen it on my television later on the movies was so much better oh yeah it's not the same uh especially those christopher nolan movies he he's all about the sound um and if you don't have the right sound system in your house it's almost not worth seeing it at home uh, because he really yeah i mean you got to go for the the shake of the seats uh, to mm-hmm. hear the plane whiz by and I mean, those are some really good ones. I think, uh, gosh, I hate to be a broken record, but all the uh, the like Avengers movies that I that I've <laughs> seemed to mention, uh, you got to see those in theater too. Oh, but I guess Guardians, you, Guardians, uh, Guardians is great. Yeah, you can't think, you, uh, you can't see Guardians on a TV. It just it sucks. It's so good on see, the big screen. Did you see the new Planet of the Ape movies? Well, by new, you don't mean like last couple of years. You mean many years ago, right? No, I mean last couple of years. It's the prequel to the Planet of the Apes, how everything got started. Yeah, I, I don't feel like that was that new, but maybe it, maybe it was. But yeah, I've seen them all. Why, why did they stop? I need another one. Like I felt like the, where the last one ended, I need there needed to be another one afterwards to tell me how we were going next, right? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like the the final takeover uh, type deal. Right, like, right. We never got to that. Yeah, maybe it's in the works. I don't know, but I love those movies. But just like the CGI on the the apes uh, was was special. I thought those were good to see in the in the movie theater. So, um, and then all the Star Wars movies. If you're not seeing that with a big crowd, I mean, you're doing it wrong. Like when. When Yoda pops up on the screen for the first time and the whole crowd like claps, I mean, it really was something special. <laughs> that's true. Audience interaction. That's that only happens in the theater. Yep. Did I, did I tell you the story of CGI where I read that the first movie that had computer graphics um, interject off a computer interjected into it? Did I tell you this story? Uh, I don't remember if you did. Okay, I will. So it was uh, Apollo 13. I don't know how long ago that was. It was a long time ago. That might have been in the 90s. And there was no no um, working model of an Apollo rocket. Like, those things were gigantic. And there was nothing even near it. And they wanted to show that rocket. This is a Ron Howard film. This, you know, that dude's into making everything as realistic as possible. So they couldn't they couldn't do little models and make them look real. That was just stupid. And there was nothing they could substitute in for it. So one of the guys, this is the story I heard anyway. I don't know how true it is, but one of the guys on the production team, one of Howard's assistants, goes, Hey, uh, I just got myself this new Apple like this new apple computer it's on my it's in my house like it's a desktop i can put it on my desk and graphics on it are amazing i can create pictures and stuff why don't i give it a shot and see if i can make us a, a, a image of a rocket sitting on a launch pad ready to go 
And he's like, oh, sure, fine, go ahead and give it a try. So the guy does this on his Mac, you know, Apple Mac 2E or whatever it was a million years ago. And it looks realistic. But the problem for him was how to get that image off of his computer and onto film. How do you do that, right? Think about that. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I actually, I think I do remember you telling me this. It's starting to ring a bell. By okay, the way. so so some engineer somewhere in this production company that Ron Howard is a part of or owns figured out how to take an image from a computer and put it on film because now movies are digital, but then they were sixteen millimeter or whatever it is film. So. I mean, you can't pull a, proje- a camera up to a computer screen, right? And take moving pictures of it. That's just stupid. So however they figured it out, they did. I don't know how they did. But that was the first time CGI got integrated in, uh, in a film. Wow. That's the story I heard. I hope it's true. <laughs> Listeners, uh, make sure you fact check Rocky just to make sure. <laughs> and that's the old man's email at yahoo.com to set me straight. <laughs> Oh, that's great. So I do want to talk to you at, at some point, and, and we can do a show on this one, on um, holiday holiday blockbusters, some of the holiday movies that you've seen over the years that you'd recommend everybody sees. We all have our favorites, like Mine's Die Hard, right? <laughs> You're trying to troll me right now. I am. Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. I, I know, I know, but some clown always says that it is. You know, that's my favorite Christmas movie. Is Die Hard? Oh gosh, it's the furthest thing from a Christmas movie. <laughs> it, it is not. But I do want to do a do a show on Christmas movies, and um, later on this year, before summer gets here and COVID's all gone and we're back to normal, we should do a su- summer blockbuster show as well. Oh, that'd be great. That sounds wonderful. So um, I'm going to let you off the hook for now to go think about what you want to put into holiday movies. But I also want to throw this out to listeners. Use that email, the old man's email at yahoo.com. Send in your thoughts on what some what uh, holiday blockbuster movies you should not miss. Like everybody's going to say Elf, right? You're going to say Elf, aren't you? Absolutely. That's that's one of the best. <laughs> so we'll start with Elf. But I've got some little known holiday movies that I always want to see. And I bet you do, too. And I'd like to hear from the listeners on that. And then we'll, you and I can kick it around in an episode here in a couple of weeks. What do you think of that? Yeah, absolutely. So you want me to come up with... Uh... Maybe some unique Christmas movies I don't think everyone's seen before and and to talk about those. Yeah, I think that would be doing a a great service to listeners because there are so freaking many Christmas movies and you get overwhelmed. And and I'm thinking of some that I'll bet you haven't seen, but I would encourage anybody to see. I'm sure you're the same way, right? Yeah, I got some off the top of my mind, and I, I promise uh, not to provide any Hallmark movies uh, that, my, that my wife obsessively watches. Starting right now, actually, there, there's been a Hallmark Christmas movie on our TV, I think, every day this week. So, Ryan, you know, I've obviously been around for six decades, so I've gotten the opportunity to see a lot of movies on the big screen. That you, at your young age of 20, we'll just say 20-something, you haven't had the opportunity to see that see that many blockbuster famous films like i saw the original star wars on big screen if you could go back in time and see any movie that you now know of and see it on a big screen 
what would that movie or movies be? That's a wonderful question, Rocky. Um, so now that I'm older and I've seen some rated R movies that came out with that when I was a children, a child, I would love to go back to the cinema to see movies like uh, Gladiator. Have you ever seen Gladiator? Big screen, baby. At least. Yeah, I think. Do I not? I are you would... not here to be entertained? <laughs> I think that would be an awesome movie to see in the theater because I've only seen it on my small little TV. Um, what's the, so I guess to keep it in like that rated R theme, uh, I would have loved to have seen The Matrix in the movie theaters too. All of them. All of them are great. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of just the first one, really. Well, that's always true with um, sequels never match up to the first one, but that flowed really nice. I You, you found yourself getting to know the characters and kind of like um, they were friends of yours, <laughs> like people you could root for, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly. Um, so just to put into perspective, the year that The Matrix came out in 1999, Uh, Instead of being able to see that, which is known as one of the better movies of all time, uh, my family took me to go see Wild Wild West, which was a blockbuster that summer uh, featuring Will Smith. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that movie? Uh, I I watched a TV series that the movie was based on. Oh, really? (laughs) Well, that that shows our age difference. (laughs) Uh, uh, But that's known as one of the worst movies of all time. So. That's very sad that that my parents wasted money to take me to go see Wild Wild West uh, and not The Matrix. But I was seven. So. Yeah, you're a little too young for The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> the first Fast and the Furious. I didn't get to see that one in the movie theaters. I, I love that, that would franchise. Be a cool... Now, I've seen other Fast and the Furious movies in theaters. Uh, so I think I kind of get the feeling of it. But I think that would have been a cool first one to see for sure. Also, uh, the best war movie of all time, Saving Private Ryan. Survivors of World War II saw that movie and said how realistic it was. All the way down. I mean, they they hit all the little things, like the guy throwing up on a boat when they're coming in and all that. And um, it just, yeah, it hit home. You know, another one that did that, Platoon. I remember my wife and I went to go see Platoon. And there were dozens and dozens of Vietnam, and they came out of the theater crying. Wow. Some, some of these guys did. That movie, did you get to see that on the big screen? Probably not. No, no, I wasn't even born oh, when that came out. God. <laughs> you poor guy. 1980s, like 1980-something. I don't, yeah, no way. Yeah, that that film brought out, and it, like you said, Private Ryan, same thing, brought out visceral feelings in people that were really there, like like it was traumatic for them. Wow. I'll give you another one. And you probably didn't see this one either. The Passion of the Christ. No, that was so... When did that come out? Uh, I'm not was even talking. 2004? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, that was that was 2004. So I was in sixth grade. And I remember there was... Like some of the kids in my grade that saw it, that that parents thought it was very important for them to see it, and then some kids whose parents wouldn't let them see it because it was very gruesome, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I never got to saw it in sixth grade, and I still haven't seen it to this day. Well, I think you're old enough to see it now. I know. I that's 
you know what? That's crazy that you say that. I have a list of movies I need to see that I haven't seen yet. Um, and, I, you know, I try to knock a movie off probably once every two weeks. And I'm going to add The Passion of the Christ on there because I have not seen that. That's Mel Gibson, right? Yeah, it is Mel Gibson. And there's no English spoken the whole film. But it is definitely a big screen movie. It's I watch it on TV. My my daughter and I watch it every Good Friday, and she's younger than you are, so she never actually saw it on the big screen either. But we started watching it probably I don't know ten fifteen years ago, and so we watch it every um, Good Friday. It's kind of a thing that we have. So my wife and I went to go see it when it came out, and we came out of the theater, and I mean we were both like it's just it just hits you it's heavy and there were people bawling crying like babies coming out of the theater too i mean it was quiet like you walked out of a out of a funeral and you could see some people sniffling and crying it, that that is another movie that has that visceral feeling to you well put that on your list but timing's everything watch it this coming um good friday which yeah it'll be here for you to know it all right, Ryan, thank you for sharing some thoughts about the movies. Man, I miss the movies. Um, you miss them, too, even though you went last week. You're making me jealous, but I'm sure you miss going. Is off, what, How often do you go to the movies in a regular world? I actually had that number one A-lister premiere thing you could get at AMC where you could see up to three movies a week, and it was <laughs> 20 bucks a month. So uh, if that says anything, that's how often I went. Yeah, that says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, I got my fix in last week, seeing Jurassic Park, but it just wasn't the same because it was a movie I'd seen before, right? I mean, it was a wonderful experience, but there's nothing like seeing a new movie for the first time in the theater with a crowd of people. Yeah, uh, I miss that feeling. I can't. I, I'm hoping and praying it's, it comes back soon. Well, it's coming back, and it'll be sooner than later. Just hang in there, gut it out, and we'll get back to the movies. Absolutely. You too, old man. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. I'll be seeing you. We'll talk about holiday classics in a couple of weeks. We'll do an episode on that. But in the meantime, thank you for sharing with me and my listeners your thoughts on the movies. We grew I loved it. Thank you. And thank you. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. concludes this episode of the old man's podcast hope you enjoyed our chat about movies the subject that doesn't really wear out very easily look for a future podcast if you enjoy the movie theme we're gonna do holiday classics here in a couple weeks come out of thanksgiving with a uh, review of holiday themed movies that you don't want to miss everybody have a great weekend stay safe Get off my grass! Damn kids.